this is Chris. Hope you're doing well. And welcome to Popcorn Finance, where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Uh, we're live here from FinCon 2017 here in Dallas, Texas. I'm joined today by a very special guest. I have Marcus Garrett from Paychecks and Balances. How's it going, Marcus? Pretty good, sir. Good. Thank you for having me on. Definite pleasure to have you here with me. Marcus, I've been listening to your podcast for a very long time. I know you're one half of the show. Yes, sir. Uh, but, but definitely great to have you here. Um, I really love your perspective, the idea of a working millennial and kind of the things that they deal with. Yeah. It's a different world. I think it's a different perspective, a different type of situation than, than maybe has been existing in the past. Yes. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your show and yourself? So I appreciate that. Uh, Paychecks and Balances, as Chris mentioned, I'm one half of the show. I also have Rich who couldn't be here today, but he's floating around here somewhere with his introvert reserves on low. <laughs> uh, essentially, we try to have a show that's lighthearted and fun, covering work, life, and money to help millennials, um, but really exennials and Xers. Mm -hmm. They always get on us for leaving them out, but all age ranges live the life that they'd like to live. Mm. We focus on, I wrote a book called Debt Free or Die Trying, mm. how I buried myself at $30,000 in debt, dug my way out by age 30, and I've also been a certified internal auditor and in the audit field for about 10 years. Mm. So I try to be the neighborhood-friendly auditor, but also <laughs> bring a lighthearted approach to money management. Rich is the paycheck side of the show. He focuses on HR, and he's been in the HR field for about 10 years. So a light, fun, formative show, helping you live the life that you'd like to live. You can definitely feel that, because you guys have the, the professional side of it, but you also make it real. You bring it down to a level where it's like it's still fun to talk about some things that aren't always that fun to, to deal with. So I appreciate you. Try to have a show that people would want to listen to. We keep it <laughs> simple, and we try not to bore people to death. No, no, I think you do a good job at that. Today, uh, um, we wanted to go over a call that I received from PERS. So PERS called in because she had some, some questions about how she's organizing her budget and how to classify and categorize some things that she's dealing with. So go ahead and play that call. Your girl needs help. I, I explained this already, but I have four bank accounts, two savings, one long-term, one short-term, two checkings, one supposed to be disposable income, one supposed to be fixed income. I don't know the difference. Like, I don't know what is my fixed income, especially because I don't really have rent to pay or anything. Like, honestly, I'm just like, I bleed money. Like, I separate all my money into these accounts, and then I look into them three days later, and they're all empty because I'm like, I'm justifying it. I'm like, I can take $20 out of this savings account because I'll pay it back through this, and if I pay for this, then technically it's a savings purchase and not actually a spending purpose, and basically I just find excuses to spend all of my money. Thanks, Spurs, for calling in. The, the main points that she was making there, I think her biggest questions were, what, what are fixed expenses? And then secondly, what's disposable income? And I think, I think that's a very good question because you hear those terms thrown out there, but I don't know how much explanation is actually going along with those terms. So uh, for, for you, Marcus, what, how would you define uh, fixed expenses? I think the easiest way to define it, the fixed expenses are going to be the bills. If you do not pay, you'll be homeless tomorrow. <laughs> so if you don't pay your mortgage, if you don't pay your light bill, I guess you won't be homeless, but you won't have any lights in the house. Uh, rent, things of those nature, things mm. that you must pay. Yes. I'd say variable expenses are choices. Uh, you need food, but do you uh, you want to stun on them at the Chipotle? You put the guac on them. You want to get the cheese with the cheeseburger. I think those are discretionary. Mm. So discretionary income is going to be everything that's left over after you've paid your fixed mm. and you've made those choices in the expenses you're going to pay. It's what's left over month to month. Gotcha. Now, for some of us, we're living paycheck to paycheck, and yep. that's a reality that I had and I talk about in the book as well. Then you don't have any discretionary income, <laughs> and you are likely using a credit card. Yep. A credit card is not discretionary income. No. It's a credit card. <laughs> you use a credit card when you want to pay for things that you want to pay more money for than they cost. <laughs> that's not discretionary income. Does that give you some parameters to work with? And we could talk about it in a little bit more detail. No, I think that's perfect. I think that's a great way to put it that 
your, your fixed expenses are things that you need to live a, I guess, a modern life. Yeah. And actually, this is a stat that I found out recently, so I've been sharing it because it's fascinating to me. There's only three categories that people spend 60% of their income in, mm. and that's home, transportation, and food. Mm. And transportation and food would be variable, I would say. Mm. You, you make a choice. Um, you make a choice in the vehicle that you drive. I'm not True. saying that you might not need a vehicle, but the type of vehicle that you choose to drive is a choice. Mm. Home is, some people are going to say negotiable. You can in some ways choose the home that you buy. but. It, I would say the bigger picture is to live within your means. Yeah. Something yeah. that we talk about a lot on the show and you've probably heard is lifestyle inflation. Yes. So most people, the way I've described this now is they spend their income like filling up a balloon. Mm. If the income expands, the balloon expands. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they fill it up. They don't put anything to the side. They don't have any discretionary income and they just continue to inflate. So it always feels that they're in a cycle of living check to check because with every check increase, you buy something new. Very true. Very true. I try to preach lifestyle deflation, mm. and if you want to get the maximum amount of deflation, because those are your most three expensive categories, mm. that's where you want to focus. Mm. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's not very nice, but if you want to downsize and you want to impact 60% of your income, mm. you need to be looking at home, transportation, and food. That's where you're going to get your big wins. Mm. You know, that's a great point because that's something that uh, I've noticed that you don't really see it at the time, but the more you make, the more you spend, like yes. you're saying. And I think it's something that you have to be very intentional to catch and not let that just all of a sudden just balloon out of control. Right. Because I, I know for sure I'm making more than I did, you know, 10 years ago. Right. But I don't remember picking up new expenses, <laughs> but somehow my money's going somewhere. I mean, it just kind of just kind of creeps in there very slowly. And another thing to keep in mind, we talked about before on Paychecks and Balances, is not only people think it's a one-for-one -one relationship, so you're making more money, but you're paying more in taxes. So you True. get a $20,000 increase, people spend $20,000, <laughs> but they might be taking home $10,000 more. And that's why we recommend when you get that increase, actually look at what are your pre-tax options. Are you mm -hmm. investing in your 401k? And if you take nothing else from anything that I say on this show, is using your employer match if it exists. You're leaving free money on mm. the table if you're not at least taking advantage of that minimum employer match. Now, I think for the listener question, if you're likely dealing with variable income, um, to give some examples for folks who aren't, or a fixed income is going to be salary. So I'd say a variable income, some of the professions that I walk down would be like a beautician, a barber. Mm. And I just use those examples because it's something we easily get. Yeah. A barber's salary is by how many heads he cuts that month. Yep. So my barber takes off that month, he's lost, that's his salary for that month. He knows that, he's doing very well, so he probably <laughs> write in and tell me stop talking about him, don't worry about my money. But that being said, if he doesn't cut heads that month, his salary is immediately impacted. Mm. That's a variable income. For someone with a fixed salary, if they have paid time off, they take off, as the term indicates, they're getting paid for that time, so yep. they have a salary. In both of those circumstances, if they, increase their lifestyle up to the amount of money they make, neither one of them are getting a raise. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But yeah. I like to point out the difference between a salary and that variable income. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I like that example. And you know, earlier you too, you mentioned that you like to focus on lifestyle deflation. Yes. And I, I've, I've heard you mention this before too in your show about the whole uh, FI community. The financial <laughs> independence. I know that's a whole other subject. So I don't, I don't want to uh, take you off too far. Uh, but uh, Well, it's a mental change. Yeah. Um, it's not different, but it's probably a bigger step than most people are aware of. So for those who aren't familiar with the acronym, it's usually F-I-R-R-E, our FIRE. So financial independence, retire early. 
there's a whole big argument around, you know, is you, are you truly financially independent if you haven't retired? And I don't like to get in all the back and forth of it because I haven't argued on Twitter since 2009, and I'm not going to argue on the show today. I'll have an informed debate. You can offer constructive criticism, but I'm 34 years old. I have my opinion. I respect yours, and we'll respectfully agree to disagree. But that being said, I think the first step is putting a budget together. And I said this on a show literally earlier today. Most people hear budget, some people just checked out right now, their <laughs> eyes roll back in the back of their head. And I think that's because there's such a negative connotation around what a budget is. And yeah. I'll put it this way. A budget helps you define where your money should go so you're not wondering where your money went. That's a great way to put it. A lot of us get to the end of the month, and we have a lot more month at the end of the month. <laughs> you are out here driving Ubers and everything like that in this micro economy, we're thinking we're doing it big. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it pretty small, actually. <laughs> and so if you put a budget together, my favorite right now is actually a 50, 30, 20 budget, <laughs> and that's percentages. And the reason I do that is because it's very simple. Every month I just look that I spend 50% on those needs we talked about, yep. home, transportation, food, although those are variable, but they're needs. I need them, and I. some might say, well, do you need a vehicle? It, it's regionally dependent. Some yeah, people, for sure. I would say a lot of people from East say, oh, you don't need a vehicle, but that is regionally dependent because they have a great public transportation system. I live in Texas. I need a vehicle. Yeah, Texas, there's no way you're getting a, a taking a bus state. everywhere. I'm not going to walk around, <laughs> and honestly, our public transportation system isn't set up in a meaningful way for me to get around and make the needs I need for work. So that puts that personal side back in personal finance. Mm -hmm. If you have a budget and you put one in place, and what I would recommend is, I'll walk through some of the details, but I won't go too in depth because it can get a little nuanced, but you can go to debtfreeordietrying.com slash budget. There's a free tool there for putting a 15 minute budget together. That's all it takes. By the time you listen to this podcast, you hit pause. <laughs> Welcome back. You could have put a budget together. And what it covers is those categories, but I also have some categories that are basically in red. The transportation, mm. the food, the home. I get that. I don't focus on those too much, although that's where you're going to get your big wins. Then I have a litany, a long list of categories in yellow. Cable, gym membership, these areas that you can cut back on, uh, rent, cable, miscellaneous, I'm actually looking at a list here, and that's where I think you can maximize your lifestyle deflation. And the way that I have this set up is it's a stoplight. So the red areas are where you're going to get the biggest gain. Mm. So you can cut back in those three areas. If you yeah. can take on a roommate, if you can cut down on your home, if you're in a McMansion now, and I think a lot of people, they're only hearing cutbacks. I'm cutting back. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at it as you're making a temporary cutback for a lifelong gain. So I cut back for about two or three years, and I'm talking 6000 And then cable alone saved me 12000 yeah. because it was 200 a month. So I can't do this math in my head. <laughs> Hopefully, oh, it's 2400 a year. And over five years, I'm spending $12,000. So if you think Walking Dead and Game of Thrones is worth $12,000, <laughs> or if you're sitting in $10,000 worth of debt, struggling from paycheck to paycheck, yeah. maybe you should look at, and actually we had somebody on the show talk about getting a la carte. So instead of mm, buying yeah. cable to watch one show, you can get that one show whole series for $6.99. And exactly. if you are paying about $200 a month, I'll just round up to $10 so that math yeah. is easier for me. You put $190 back in your pocket or whatever the difference is for the internet package that you have to have. Most people, they go out and they get the greatest amount of everything they don't need. Yep. And so we really try to practice not really a minimalist lifestyle, but do you really need all these things? 
And again, putting that personal side back into it, what's important to you? Do you want to pay your debts this month? Or you want to watch Game of Thrones? Exactly, exactly. Our power to make it more probably <laughs> relatable to your listening audience. First to touch on the, the budget worksheet that you said. Could you, could you say that, that address again, the web address for your, uh, your tool? slash budget. And I have a free 15-minute budget tool available there. Now, that one's a little manual. It's literally a PDF that you can fill out. But it also covers the simplest budget available is the 80-20. So 20% goes to savings. Now, okay. whether that's spending down debt, because I feel like that's a piece of savings because every dollar yeah. you're not making, you're losing. So true. I feel like Very a dollar true. saved is a dollar earned. So that 20% goes to either paying down debt or if you have your debt paid off, putting it towards an investment retirement account. And then the 80%... Do whatever the hell you want with it. That's why it's a very simple budget. Your, your budget. You're responsible with 20% of your money. Mm. You make a responsible payment with 20%. I don't care what you do with the remaining 80%. Exactly. I would like for you to be responsible with that remaining 80%, but it takes off some of that. I think people just have a hesitancy to be restricted by a budget. Even though I don't see it as a restriction, I am sympathetic to that understanding. Exactly. And you want to eliminate as many barriers as you can for someone making that first step. Because maybe they right. say 50, 30, 20, i got to just differentiate between needs and wants. Right. Maybe they get a little scared by that. That makes them hesitate. The next thing you know, it's been like two years, they've done nothing. I have a workaround for that. Yeah. So what I did is put a needs and wants list together. Mm. So, And I'm old school, so I literally had a piece of paper out. I folded it in <laughs> half, and I put needs and wants. And I jotted down all my needs. I jotted down mm. all my wants in the left yeah. and the right-hand column. And then walk away from that list for 24 hours. And then I bet you about 20% of those things that you think are needs are going to slide <laughs> over to the want category because, like, I need this 20-inch rims in my life, and <laughs> I need these chains on my neck, and I need these earrings in my head. And I'm like, no, you do not. And even if you did, what I would tell people is try going without it for 90 days. Mm. Take three of your needs that you're willing to sacrifice on. I'll go back to cable because that's usually something easy for people to yeah. wrap their head around. The first month, now you might have to pay a service charge, so you're not going to get that full benefit. You might have to cut it. That next month, so this the next month. So you cut it off, so you pay whatever that, that, that severance fee may be. And sometimes there's not a severance fee. Sometimes people aren't in a contract. Go three months without cable. And what I found is after I've gone three months without watching those 200 shows, 190, which I'm not watching anyway, I don't need it. Yeah. And what I thought was a need, and also I'm seeing – and those, I would have saw $600 back in my pocket. So now I'm seeing $600 back in my savings account. I didn't miss a few episodes of The Walking Dead, which is my show. But this $600 feeling kind of good in my wallet. Right, exactly. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I could do this every three months. So now I got $1,200, and then I got eighteen, and then I got twenty-four. That feels better to me. And that was just a simple, uh, that's a mentality change. Exactly. So try it out, and I say try it for 90 days. And you know what? If I'm wrong, turn it back on. <laughs> now you're going to be spending that money again, and that's going to hurt you a lot more than cutting it off. I can tell you that. I think that's great because you, you spend that time to separate yourself from it. Because when right. you're in it, it's hard to, to see. You feel like it's so important. Like, I, I can't live without this because it's just always been there. But the moment you take it away and you find something else to fill your time with, Next thing you know, time has passed. You're like, I didn't really even care about that. Right. And plus, now I got, like you said, I have this money in my pocket that I didn't have before that I can just go maybe say, hopefully save it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe take a small portion of that and do something else you enjoy that's less expensive. You can roll that into something else. Like you said, going a la carte, you know, much cheaper to buy, you know, one season of a show one time versus paying a full cable bill for this one show and you're just ignoring everything else that's on the package. Yeah. And in that example, uh, so you would save 2400 a year. Right. 
if you've got a $2,000 bill that you've been paying the minimum payment or credit card bill that you've been paying the minimum payment on, this might be an opportunity for you to pay that bill off. And just like all of us now, if you open up your credit card and you look at how long you'll be paying that minimum payment, it's usually 24, 48. You'll be paying this off like when you're in your 30s, yeah, assuming really. you're in your 20s now. And if you're in your 30s, you'll be paying this off in your 40s. Whereas you can make this 12-month minor change in commitment and you can pay it off this year. True. This Very year... True. Uh, we're recording here at FinCon. This year, next holiday, you'd be debt-free as far as that particular payment goes. Exactly. And then on top of that, when you're if you're taking that money you saved and applying it towards debt, you're really getting even more value out of that right. because you're for, you're not paying that interest that would have accumulated over that year, two, three, four, however long it would have taken you to pay those minimum payments on that item. Exactly. So even more value out of it than you, you had before. And I think what I saw is a lot of people, once they make that first change, they start going through that needs list, like how much can I start scratching yeah. off of here? You know, after, after you start getting in the habit of putting money back in your pocket yes. instead of in someone else's pocket, you start getting excited about where are other opportunities for me to save money. Yes. Overall, when I was going through and I did this analysis, I ended up saving about 6000 because I cut back on, again, that top category. In my case, it was rent. I moved to a smaller apartment. Hmm. And most people hear that and they're like, man, he's only talking about downsizing. I did it for one year and I put 6000 back in my pocket. When I was younger, in my 20s, I took on a roommate. You know, I think millennials are really caught up in proving themselves and this adulting thing and this yeah. race to yeah. this finish line that we self-imposed and made up in our head. And my question is, why? Exactly. What's the rush? And even if there was a rush, there's a significant opportunity for you to save money here. And like I said, those are your three most expensive categories. If you can cut back on those, that's where you're going to get your biggest wins. Yeah. However, the reason I start with those categories in yellow is because it's easier for people to wrap their head around. Yes. And you don't have to do it permanently. Yeah. You can just try it out. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, write into the show. <laughs> I would actually challenge someone to do this for 90 days and write in and tell me that I'm wrong, that you didn't re realize saving, that you don't feel better, that you don't like having $600 <laughs> or more money back in your wallet, that you didn't like paying off that credit card. I look forward to reading that comment. I'm not going to understand it, but I welcome you to write in. And I would definitely like to clarify and say that if you are unhappy, please send that to Paychecks and Balances. If you're happy, you can send that to Popcorn Finance. Just want to keep, keep, the, keep that clear. I'd be happy to read it. <laughs> and so for some people, uh, they're going to say that, you know, I have kids and I still need to keep Internet. I would say and what I actually did in real life. I called in to cut back on my Internet services. Mm. Most people buy data that they don't use. So yeah. they're paying for data that they don't need anyway. So cut down to the minimum Internet speed that you need for streaming services. And then people say, well, I have kids. Well, if you have streaming services like Netflix, you may be paying $11 versus 60, 80, 90 or 100. In my case, I was paying 200 because, of course, I had the platinum package <laughs> with all the channels and the NFL network and all the movie channels. Yeah, yeah. And I never, there wasn't enough hours in the day to watch all of these shows, even if I wanted to. No. Yeah. So I was wasting about $190 a month. Mm. And in my case, I just cut back on my internet services. And I know for the folks who write in with the children, you know, there's YouTube, there's Netflix. Netflix has gotten a lot better about these programs. And another thing is, it's funny the excuses adults make for children. Oh, yeah. my kids oh, need yeah. to see this program. Exactly. They have to see this one. Like, they just want to see a cartoon. They want to see something moving on the TV. It's a great excuse. Yeah, but they can really care less, right? right. It's your budget. <laughs> and, in fact, the habit and the positive spending habits you can show them as the adult in the house, yes. I hope, yes. <laughs> they could start seeing that in you as well. And just explain to them. First of all, if you explain to most children that we're going to make this temporary sacrifice for 90 days, they're going to forget about seven days in. Yeah. It's actually harder <laughs> for the adult. So 
I've, it's a great excuse, but not a particularly good one. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I really like that. Kids have some of the shortest attention spans exactly. in the world. They will move on to something else in no time. Uh, and then for the individuals that want to automate it, uh, the apps that I like to use right now, uh, I have an iPhone, and actually I have an older iPhone, so I live this lifestyle. I'm not just pra I'm practicing what I preach. Uh, iPhone 6, uh, I use Mint. That's still my favorite budgeting app. Yep, same here. I don't feel like going back and forth with I'm sure it's people, oh, man, oh, this, this, that, it doesn't do this. First of all, it's free, so I don't like to complain about a lot of free things in my life. Uh, but it meets my needs. That would be the one that I recommend. And then, like I said, the budget that I like to use most is a 50, 30, 20 budget. I'll get this over to you for the show notes, but I also have an article on Nerd Wallet where we talk about the 50, 30, 20 budget, and it also has an automated app within there. So people can literally fill it out to start playing with it, like, is this a budget that will work for me? Mm. What I would say is the best budget and the best app is the one that works. Yes. Start, try it out for at least one month. Mm. And if you need to change, you can change, but I'd say try it for 90 days. That's all I'm asking. Try these lifestyle changes for 90 days. Try this lifestyle deflation, our credit <laughs> diet, or whatever the case may be. It's always got a fancy title. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's trying it out, being disciplined. I'm only asking for 90 days of your time. I, I think that's definitely doable. I, I think that's, that's a great time for him to throw out there. 90 days, give it a try. Yeah. Hey, You know what, Marcus, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Appreciate it. Uh, it's been a great time. Oh, oh thank you. And, Purs, I hope that answers your question. Uh, if, if you have anything else you want to ask, please feel free to send in a call in. Or also, uh, Marcus, if you can give us some of your contact information and also what's going on with you. We can. You can find the show account at PAY Balances, Pay Balances. That's pretty much everywhere on the Internet. We're on Facebook at Paychecks and Balances. Of course, like anything, you can Google Paychecks and Balances find us everywhere. If you still, after all this talking that I've done, want to follow me for some strange reason, I'm at the Marcus Garrett on Twitter with one T. Haven't quite joined the uh, 280 gang yet. They haven't upgraded me. Uh, maybe it's because I have an iPhone 6. Maybe when I upgrade <laughs> to the X, they'll, they'll allow me in to the fold. But I'm on Twitter at the Marcus Garrett with two T's. Oh, oh, excuse right. me, on Instagram. I've got that back. <laughs> all right, thank you. Really appreciate it. Please check out Paychecks and Balances. It's one of my favorite podcasts out there. I definitely recommend you listen to it. Whether you're millennial, which is a zennial, hey, I, a baby boomer. I think zennials are trying to take it over. I think they, <laughs> I think it was an exer that made up Xennial, but they claim it's some other demographic that it will be covered. But millennial, exer, if you want to learn about your paychecks and your balances, how to make it better in a fun and informative way, come over to paychecksandbalances.com. Oh, definitely, definitely. And as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Popcorn Finance, Instagram, Popcorn Finance Podcast. You know, feel free to drop by. Love to hear from you. Thank you again. And uh, as always, appreciate you listening.